Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Media Chatter. I'm Eric, and I am here tonight with Lou. Lou, how are you doing? I am doing good. Good. It's been a while since we recorded. It has. And one of the reasons for that, uh, not the only reason, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus because we've we've all been busy over the last few months. We've had celebration going on. We've had other things Mm -hmm. as well. But um, Robin also has had things going on. And her work has kind of gotten a little busy recently, and we've been holding off so that we could all be together again. And it looks like she's just going to be busy for a little bit longer. So she's still on the show, but she is going to take a short hiatus for maybe a month or so. A little sabbatical. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Not a big deal. I mean, we've all done it from time to time. Uh, And so she is still a permanent host on the show, but she's just taken a few weeks off. So uh, Lou, you and I. Yes. Yes. We're going to proceed and we're going to have to cover things that Robin would not like. Which is good because we're helping her out because right. she would normally just roll her eyes and go, oh, God. Right. <laughs> so she's not going to have to to do that. We we could cover rom-coms. We could. I, mean, I know it's stereotypical. I like and you like and, you know, she does not Some, like any. <laughs> it, it's a bit stereotypical to say this, but it's weird to me that the one female we have on the show loathes rom-coms to the extent that she does whereas the two males on the show are eh, we're okay with it yeah i mean, I mean it goes I against i don't go after them by saying Ooh, that's, yeah that's, you know but we're okay but i i can respect them for what they are and, sure. and robin just hates them it just it goes against <laughs> the stereotype and stereotypes are wrong anyway but right it's right. just it's weird well uh this week we're going to cover severance which actually i think robin would like she started watching it. i don't think she's finished it but yeah she did start watching it I didn't get a feel for either way if she'd like it or not. But yeah, we didn't really get to talk to her about it. It's also one of those shows where I don't think you can make up your mind until you get to the end of the first season. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I've been on record on at least a couple of our shows saying that, you know, I, I'm, I think it was, was it nine episodes or eight episodes? Nine. Nine. So I, I remember getting like seven episodes in going, I still have no idea what this is about, mm-hmm. but I love it. I, I'm just, I, I'm intrigued. I want to keep watching. So here's what I found really both intriguing and frustrating. I love things where you watch it the first time and then you go back and watch mm-hmm. it a second time and it's a totally different experience. Things like The Sixth Sense, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I watched this quite a while ago and I've been meaning to rewatch it. Uh, and then today, before recording, I was talking to you and I, I said, you know, we should re- watch some like YouTube recap videos or something. Mm-hmm. Dude, I had no idea. All of the little things that mm-hmm. I missed, the Easter eggs, the metaphors, the nuances, the, it was just, so now it's like, I didn't even know I would have watched it again and not caught any of this stuff. And now it's going to be a radically different experience. Well, you also got to look at this way too. Sometimes the, you know, the things that people are reading into this are just that, that they're reading into this with their own thought process and, and how they came about. Sure. This. It's sure. not been confirmed by the writers or you know, the show producers. Uh, then there's radically different ideas from different people too. So, you know, maybe some are going to pan out, maybe some aren't, but they're interesting to, to, to watch. And yes, you're like, Oh my God, I never thought of that. And then you, some of you are like, yeah, okay. I can see what you're saying there, but I don't buy into that right. point of view. So, yeah. Some yeah. of them are theories, but yeah. then there are some that are, are really absolute. A couple mm-hmm. of things, which I just, they completely flew over my head, which I'm, I'm proud to say is rare, but wow, mm-hmm. did I miss it? 
in, in a few points in this one. But let's talk a little okay. bit about what sure. the series is first. So this is on Apple TV Plus. Yep. Um, we're going to get to a description in just a second. It is rated TVMA, um, primarily for probably language. And there is one uh, attempted suicide moment in episode three mm-hmm. or four uh, where a certain character tries to hang themselves. And it may be a little bit disturbing. It's it's a little bit graphic. Yep. Um, so trigger warning there for people. Normally, we don't cover that sort of thing. But this one... Um, I think is worth mentioning came out this year, 2022. It is currently one season of nine episodes, but it has been renewed for a second season. Uh, the creator is Dan Erickson, whose name I don't remember from anything else. And he's the one person I did not look up on IMDb. <laughs> uh, the directors, um, Aoife McArdle, directed three of the episodes and then Ben Stiller directed six of the nine episodes. Yeah. And he's a, he's a um, executive producer on this as well. Yes. And that's what kind of caught my attention before I've been watching. I'm like, Ben Stiller, it's, it's not a comedy. He's known for comedies, but yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. This made me not want to watch it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Ben Stiller for me is very hit or miss or some things that. Yeah. He's one of those kind of guys. Yeah. Of his, and there's some things that are just completely not, not interested. And and so mm-hmm. for this, I thought, eh, okay, no way. It just seemed to me like it was such a weird departure from what he normally does. I'm like, right. I got to watch this. It's something totally different. Why would he be so far behind this that, you know, that it just seems like a, a weird thing that I wanted to see? Right. I, I think the trailer sold me on it. I saw the trailer and I'm like, ooh, that's not at all what I thought this was going to be. Mm-hmm. So just what you're doing, I looked up Dan Erickson on IMDb. He hasn't done much. Um, hmm. His entire um, IMDb page is Severance for writer, Severance for producer, and Man versus Animal, he has a thanks credit. <laughs> so I have no idea. I didn't know that was done. a thing. Okay. I didn't either, yeah. Um, well, kudos to this guy then, because he created this yeah. series and it is mind-blowing. It is mind-blowing in a way that reminds me of Lost. And yet, arguably, answers more questions than Lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're going to come back to that in a minute. The description for the show from IMDb is a little underwhelming. Mark leads a team of office workers whose memories have been surgically divided between their work and personal lives. When a mysterious colleague appears outside of work, it begins a journey to discover the truth about their jobs. So the idea is that in this world, severance is a technology that allows you to separate completely to sever your experiences between work and home. To the point where a person shows up for work, they walk through the doors, and they know nothing about their life at home. They don't know if they're married. They don't know if they have kids. They don't know what they had for breakfast. They, none of that. Mm-hmm. And then when they leave, then everything that happened at work is forgotten, and they're back to their, quote, normal lives. But the thing is, this show covers predominantly the experience of the people in the work environment. Yeah, at least for the first six, seven episodes, it's almost exclusively the work environment. 
Yeah, Mark has some external stuff. Yeah, but not a lot. But not a lot. And it's very much about them realizing, you know, we're we're individuals. We count. We have lives. I mean, yeah, they're mm-hmm. stuck here. Uh, but you know, we have we have some rights here too. And it's uh a really interesting concept. And then the execution of this, the work environment is weird. It's very sterilized. There's a big room with four cubicles right in the center and a lot of white space, like a lot of right, right. just empty space. And and to get there, once they get off the elevator, so, so the it's it, it's called a severed floor. So the floor they go to, the chip activates their head when the when the elevator gets to that floor. Um, but even getting on the floor, the hallways are like nondescript. There's very little signage. It's you know you he walks for a ways through these hallways and all of a sudden comes to his 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 office. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, it's kind of weird, you know? Right. Um, it, it almost like a maze. Yeah, yeah. It kind of reminds you of a rat in a maze. Yep. And they kind of feel like that a little bit too. And then they're sitting at these cubicles with these early 1980s computers. I don't even mean like, <laughs> yeah. not even mid 1980s. We're talking, well, I don't know. There, there are a couple of shots where like you're hitting maybe MCGA graphics. Bonus points if you remember MCGA, <laughs> not VGA, not EGA. MCGA. It was very short lived, but. Uh, and they're doing this menial task that's just dumb. They're sorting random numbers into yeah. four or five it, seemingly random boxes. And, and, and they don't know what they're doing either. They're right. doing a task, but they have no idea what the task means or what it, what they're doing outside of it. You know, where this goes into anything else. Uh, it, it's just very bizarre. And yet their productivity is of the utmost importance. Mm-hmm. It is. You know, they talk about deadlines, and, and, and their supervisors know more than they do, but they don't let on any of that to the to the line employees. Um, right. It's just it, the whole thing is very. I want to say dysfunctional, but they function very well. But it's just dysfunctional as far as how we would think of it, because we have a life and we work too. The these guys don't, and that was one of the things that struck me as something I, I hadn't thought about before I watched the show. You saw the trailer, you knew what was going on. Like, okay, so you have a work life and you have a non-work life. So your non-work life person's like, yeah, all I do is just I just have fun. I don't have to do any any work related stuff at all or think about it. Right. And the work person, you know, never gets out, but they, they just focus on the work. So they do the work really well. What I didn't comprehend until I saw it in the episodes, I'm like, okay, so. 5 p.m. Friday afternoon, the elevator door closes, and your work person is now gone. You're your own self. You have your fine time. Mm-hmm. But now, Monday morning, 8 o'clock, the elevator door is open again on the floor, and the work person, theoretically, five seconds ago, left for the weekend, and right. now is back at work. Never has any downtime at all. And that was yes. like, oh, my God, that's it, it's like a prison. I'm like, that's really yeah. creepy. You, you never have, you're never not working. And then Mm. there's a moment where, um, somebody's talking about the weird sensation of never having slept. And another, one of their coworkers says, I I try not to focus on the lack of sleep. I try to focus on how rested my body feels. Yeah. That was weird. So you start to realize, wow, this is not a good thing. Mm -hmm. This is, uh, psychologically traumatic and 
the concept of this, plus the concept of separating yourself from a certain part of your life, um, is just weird. It's one of those things where it sounds like it would be a really good idea. And, um, then you realize, you know, part of your identity is what you do at work as well. It's, you know, do you have a fulfilling right. life? Are you contributing to the society around you? Yep. And if you're not doing any of that stuff, look at the people who, um, not that I'm going to get to retire probably, but you know, generations before us, when they retire, it's like, what do they do? Well, they go and volunteer somewhere because they, they, right. need, they need something, something to do. do. Right. Yeah. Yep. They need that, it, that vocational fulfillment. Yep. It, it's funny because the things we're talking about now are things I'm remembering from watching the series and they're all things that struck me as being very weird and kind of superficial, but you know, just struck me as being, this is really kind of a strange scenario. And now that I've watched some videos, we're recapping the season. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this stuff means nothing compared to what, <laughs> what they talked about, but yeah, it's still fascinating to me. I, I mean, so even you know, the Miss Casey character at one point in the series, she says, keep, keep in mind, we're, we're not going to do spoilers or anything, but, but okay. Yeah, no, I will. Yeah. Yeah. So the yep. Miss Casey character, she says, you know, I've only been alive for like 128 hours. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> I kind of get that, but it's like, it's really weird. So you're 40 hours a week. You know, two, yeah. two weeks, you've, you've been alive for 80 hours now, but that's your entire existence. It, it, so, it's, wow. Yeah. Like, imagine just not having any memory f- since before three weeks ago. Like, that's mm-hmm. just, it, it's mind-blowing. It's literally hard to comprehend. Yeah. And yet you're an adult, you know how to tie your shoes and all that, so. Yeah. Th- some of the, So, some of that stuff you got to kind of, like, gloss over, because a lot of life skills you get outside of work and these mm-hmm. people have them, but they don't retain, you know, it's like they're, they're not there, but they're there. Right. And it makes sense. You don't, you don't think, think too hard about that because it, it's not important to the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. The idea you know. is that they have worked long enough on this technology with this mm-hmm. little chip implant that they're doing that um, they've been able to isolate what they want to isolate. And in fact, that's some of the concern is, you know, is this still going well? Is it doing what we expected to do, et cetera. Um, so mm. we're going to talk about the characters a little bit. Uh, by the way, they do get to venture outside their little office area to the other um, locations within this, <laughs> this floor. Um, but mm-hmm. that's a little bit later in the first season. We'll come back to that. So the main characters you have um, the episode opens with a new person arriving. And that would be Helly. And she's right. played by Britt Lower. And I looked on IMDb. She's got a long list of things going back over 10 years. And I don't know any okay. of them hmm. other than she did, I think, six episodes of Future Man on Hulu, which is kind of a okay. sci-fi time traveling comedy sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, oh my gosh, she is brilliant in this series. This actress, mm. amazing. Amazing. But she plays Heller or Helly. I'm sorry. So Helly, she, yep. Helly is um, new to this, just like the audience is. So she's kind of the avatar for the audience as we go through this journey. And she's trying to figure out who she is, why she's there. And then is also trying to fit in with her coworkers in this office setting. And it's difficult. And she's replacing a former employee who's not there anymore. Right. We have Mark who's best friends with this other former employee. Uh, he's played by Adam Scott, probably best known for parks and rec. 
Right, right. Uh, and and he so his best friend that's no longer there is his best work friend. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the team leader, right? And, so right. this guy's now gone, and now Mark becomes the team leader. Exactly, Mark becomes the team leader now. Uh, and Adam Scott, known primarily for comedy work, I'm trying to think of a single moment in this whole season that was comedic. It was just so bizarre. Yeah. And I don't want to say like dark in the sense that it was heavy. Um, like I never felt depressed walking away from it, but it, it, it's dark. There's no comedy I, I, in it at well, all. Well, I mean, there was some parts that I kind of chuckled at and laughed at okay. just some of the absurd, the absurd stuff like, but, but absurdity, know, not exactly. Yeah. Humor. It wasn't funny, funny, you know, rolling for laughing, but it was right. I'm looking at my thing. He's happy that he got the award of a, eraser like right okay you know Mm -hmm. and i'm thinking back to like high school when you know we had one teacher who's kind of off the wall and he was like like this is a paperclip he was you're going to be fighting for these by the end of the semester we're like what are you talking about you weird old guy he's like no no you you ask questions and sure enough he's like okay this this question is big it's a paperclipper we're like ooh, ooh, ooh." (laughs) so he he trained us for it but that's the kind of thing that i thought of this i'm like so this guy's happy he's getting the finger the finger trap device things. He's getting the, um, um, you know, the, the erasers and mm-hmm. you know, the waffle party. We're like, what's a waffle party? What the, what the, the hell caricatures. is going on Oh, we're going to come back to the waffle party later. Cause I had yeah, no yeah. idea how much was going on in the waffle party. I didn't either. <laughs> wow. Thank you. YouTube. Yeah. Um, all right. So the rest of the cast, <clears throat> we have Dylan played by Zach cherry who was also in Shang-Chi, though I don't remember him in Shang-Chi. So he is really good. He plays one of the four cubicle cubicle workers. And then the other one is Irving, played by John Turturro, Mm -hmm. who's been in a ton of things, including most of the Transformers franchise. And he's probably the biggest name in this show. The Big Lebowski. Um, Well, he's of the main actors and actresses. Yes. Though there is another. Yeah, you're right. You're right. The main group. Yeah. Who Mm -hmm. isn't even headlining it? Like you have no idea the characters in it until they just show up. But we'll get (laughs) to that in a second. Uh, Milchik plays the kind of administrative assistant, almost security. Yeah, I thought he was kind of a security guy. I kind of, security, kind of thought he yeah. was head of security. Yeah, Th- think of him as, as kind of the the manager, almost not like the boss, not an executive, but like the the department manager. Almost at least that's how he tries to come across. But mm-hmm. really, it does feel a lot more like security. Yeah, yeah. Uh, played by Trammell Tillman, who I feel like I've seen him in other things before. But again, I looked on IMDb and I did not recognize any of the. Yeah, I didn't recognize him either. No. You mentioned earlier Miss Casey. She's the psychologist. Yep. Played by Dykin Lockman, best known, at least to me, for Dollhouse and mm-hmm. Altered Carbon. And she was the head of the Inhumans on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Harmony Cobell plays the uh, the executive, the manager. Excuse me, the manager. She is played by Patricia. Uh, excuse me, Patricia Arquette. I did not go and and dive back through her history, but she is an actress who's been in all kinds of things yeah, for been decades for a long now. time. Yep. I and mean, she goes back to. I mean, she was a known name back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. And then finally, Bert. 
as we venture into the basement a little bit more and uh, discover other departments, we discover Bert, played by <laughs> Christopher Walken. Yeah. Wow. Was not he came expecting on screen. That. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. My first thought was, why didn't you put him like in the trailer, like on, on the poster thing? Yeah. So they kept that kind of under the radar a little bit. So uh, these, yeah, these characters, these four characters are kind of stuck in this. You don't know whether it's an experiment or or what it is, but the work doesn't make any sense. No, it makes no sense at all. So, and I kind of had the feeling this? that this is an experiment the whole time I'm watching, at least. Um, mm-hmm. Not so much after I watched some of the, the theories online, but I'm like, these guys are being messed with. This is, you know, technology that's not quite fully baked yet, but they've somehow somehow gotten approval from the from the FDA, you know, right? To, to to do these chips and implant them in people and have their their minds messed with. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is some pretty heavy stuff. At first, I kind of felt like they're being monitored. Like, okay, you know, we put the chips in their heads, and now we're going to monitor to see how they perform cognitively. Are we seeing any mental degradation, things like that? And maybe that was the purpose of these computers and the numbers and all that. Um, Then as the series went on, I started thinking, now there's there's something weird here. They're like deciphering something, or they're being put to work for a more nefarious purpose by the corporation. And you find out this corporation is very much kind of like a cult. So the Cobell mm. family, uh, who started this, this corporation, no, not, not Cobell, um, Egan, oh, I'm sorry, Egan. Thank Egan. you. Yep. Um, and I forget the, the founder's name Kier or something. Kier, Kier, Kier yep. Egan. Very, very, very much like a cult. Yeah, and the company's been around for a long time, longer than this technology's been around. Right. Um, yep. Hundreds of years. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's very interesting. So then you really wonder what's going on. And as you're traveling through the basement to, like, the, I forget the, it's almost like an R&D department that Christopher Walken runs. I forget the name of it. Um, um, yeah, I can't remember now, yeah. But it's, it's about... Um, visualizations and and well, yeah they, they do they, the paintings they do, they do the, the artwork on the walls yeah yeah uh there's a goat room yeah <laughs> which i was always trying to figure out okay they, they gotta explain that at some point and then i thought no it's just some weird thing we're just gonna move along because they never did and then i found youtube and i'm like okay Maybe maybe there are some things there. There's a a room, almost like a museum, down in the basement to the Egan family. Yeah, there's also the Egan home somewhere in this building that is like built inside the building, like an actual house. Right, right. Yeah. So again, we're gonna try to stay away from spoilers too too much. Optics and design is Op- a first first department. Yeah, optics I, I, I and design. That. Thank you, yes. Wikipedia. <laughs> so, yeah, this is so deep. Like, this is lost level deep. I had no idea while I was watching it, and now I kind of feel like an idiot. I'm not going to lie. I feel a little stupid now, because after watching some of these YouTube videos, like you said, some of it's just theories, but then others, 
it's like okay so i mean they're plausible theories and, and you're right i look at it and go oh i put that together but i'm like yeah that, you know it, it's not it's not concrete you know no one's no one said yeah that's what it really is so okay so let me give you this again i don't think this is a spoiler but the numbers they're sorting into these little bins and boxes at the bottom and then when they get complete they they get like it gives a total of the different there are four different categories mm-hmm. um w o f c f is in frank d r and m a okay and interestingly enough egan has something that's almost like he wrote a bible like an actual religious text and there's all of this philosophical stuff in it a lot of moral um pontification and uh one of the things he talks about in there are the four tempers and if you can keep them in balance and keep them under control then that like elevates you to another level or something and one of them is woe which makes you feel sad things like some of the numbers do w o and then there's frolic which makes you feel happy which f c and then there's dread d r which makes you feel afraid. And some of the numbers made people feel afraid. And then malice M a, which makes you feel angry. That's a hell of a coincidence, Lou. Yeah. Yeah. And there were three or four YouTube channels that pointed that out. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I completely missed all of that. I didn't see it. Catch that either. Yeah. So if that's the case, the sorting of the numbers which they're supposed to do intuitively. Like the numbers are supposed to make them feel something. And that is how they're supposed to separate the numbers. Now, when they say numbers, think of the numbers arranged in like a grid, kind of like a, like, like, like like a finder word, but with numbers. Yes. Good. And and they, they, they move their mouse over the screen and the numbers kind of highlight kind of like, almost like you're, you know, they they get larger as you move the mouse over them, Mm -hmm. which is weird. They have a mouse on a, on a, computer technology (laughs) from the 1980s, but it's like DOS graphics, like the the green, yeah yeah phosphorescent screens yeah but in, in you when you feel the number is appropriate you grab it and drag it into one of the bins i'm like it and they get like tense over this it's like yeah and they drop in the bin like oh okay thank you okay I'm like what, what is going on here what 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 is this but we still don't know but yeah. that does make some sense i mean it, it, you what you point out there what you found on, on youtube does make some sense and, um, wow, I'm trying to figure out, there's one thing that I don't want to spoil mm-hmm. and I'm trying to figure out how to talk around it because, um, there is a possibility that one of the things the company is trying to do is to crack the code for eternal life. Right. And keeping this, consciousness in, yeah, right. And being able to isolate con- consciousness, mm-hmm. which is part of the severance thing to then be able to extract it into a new body or to regenerate a body or something like that. Mm-hmm. And there's one aspect of this show that makes you wonder how far along they are in it, which again, I didn't have any idea in that, that that's where this might have been pointing until YouTube videos. And Lou, I might have to talk to you about this one offline because yeah. And I saw some of those too. And I, I looked at them like, okay, those are the ones that kind of don't buy a hundred percent. Right. So it's, it's a bit of a like, stretch. Okay, yeah, it is. But just one thing I think we should say right now is that we're not doing any spoilers in this episode. However, I think we're going to revisit this topic before season two airs 
so we can kind of delve into spoilers for season one. Yeah. You know, if you're up for it, I think we should do that, you know, before season two comes out, like right before it comes out. Yeah. And oh, give I us agree. a chance to watch it again and kind of dive into some of these theories a little bit more and kind of vet them out in our own minds and then talk about them. Yeah. Because um, that'd be a good primer for season two. I agree. And I like figured I would get around to rewatching the series at some point. And now that I kind of feel like an idiot because I'm kind of seeing all of these little details I missed, now I really want to rewatch well, it. Like you feel like an idiot. I've seen it twice because I watched it once, and I was like to my wife, "My like, hey Sharon, we got to watch this. You got to see this show. It, it's bizarre. I'm like I have no idea what it's about, but it, you got to see it." Oh, that's a good point. So you saw it twice. I watched it again. I did. And so I you're like twice the idiot I am. I am exactly. That makes me feel better, Lou. That that's okay, good. Very good. I'm glad I could be here for you, Eric. So, um, <laughs> for those of you who have already watched it. Some things that I'm going to throw out there that won't, excuse me, won't spoil it for anybody else, I hope. Um, there are some things that I thought were loose plot threads that never got wrapped up, but they kind of fit now. So there is a scene in the show with uh, some costumes. I'll leave it at okay. that. Okay. Kind of a weird scene. One of the weirdest scenes. Oh, okay. Yeah, Near the that. end. You know yeah. what I'm talking about now, right? I do. Yep. Okay. So the costumes we actually saw earlier in the season in one of the paintings. So back to oh, yeah, the yeah, four yeah. tempers from Egan, there's mm-hmm. a painting. It looks like a really, really old painting, like hundreds of years old with this um, godlike or Christ-like figure, maybe Egan himself, because it kind of looks mm-hmm. that way, um, with a... Uh, like cat and nine tails, like bullwhip yeah, over his head. Type thing. Yeah. And four creatures in front of him in a cave who are cowering um, in defense. And they represent. Uh, so one is kind of a goat like uh, creature representing malice. Another one is uh, a jester representing frolic. And there are two women. Uh, one is younger um, and one is older and one representing dread and one representing woe. Those happen to be the exact faces and the exact masks Mm, that mm -hmm. are worn by the people who are wearing these costumes later. Right. I did not catch that at all. And now that whole scene, while still bizarre and weird, at least makes some sense. And at least, like, I get the context for it now. Well, it's kind of connection. I don't know if it makes any more sense, but it has a connection. True. (laughs) There's context. There's relevance. Mm -hmm. Right, You're right. right. It, it's not that it makes more sense, but it it's a thread. Like I I can kind of guess maybe what whoever it was that set that up was maybe trying to do, or at least what ballpark they were trying to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, the map. So this harkens back to my lost days, I guess. Yeah, lost had a very infamous map that appeared in the show. This one, if you look at the map, there's a lot of stuff they did not get to in season one. Um, places people might be living, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. In the outer world, there's a confusing set of scenes with uh, a woman who had given birth. Um, and without saying too much more, by the time we get to the end of the season, looking back that makes more sense to me now like they never really explain it but right well i think it's a hint that there's other directions that all of this is going in 
Yeah. So I think I think one thing we can talk about is this: the, the severance technology is kind of a secondary storyline. Is the controversy over the technology itself? Yes, because it is controversial outside of the company, mm-hmm. and then you find there's maybe other um, instances of it being used. There are active protests and such. Right. Right. And yeah. people. People are as as violent over that discussion as they are over gun control or abortion rights or anything else that would be controversial right. in today's world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another good point. That that was uh, something that we saw quite a bit of, especially as the season went on. Mm-hmm. Um, pop quiz: How okay. good are you with state abbreviations? Like, let's say an envelope appeared in the show and it had an address on it. How good are you with the two-letter state abbreviations here in the I'd US? I'd like to think I'm pretty good. Okay, so here we go. Okay. What state is represented by the two letters? P-E. P-E? P-E. I don't know. No, I don't think I know. For a state. Mm-hmm. In the U.S. I don't know. I got nothing. I don't know either. Guess what appeared in the show? P.E.? Yeah. Right there in really? the mail. It's sealed I, envelope. I full it. address. I missed that. And I forget the city name. And it had the city, comma, P.E., and then a space and a zip code. Huh. Uh-huh. Is this some kind of alternate reality sort of thing? <laughs> I guess it could be. It could be. Because you notice the people act a little bit weird too like there are um especially at the book reading late in the season there are some moments where people people. do things that are just like that's not how a a real person would act and then you start realizing that all of these people have these little quirks that that's not how a real person would act and when i say real person i'm not saying there's any suggestion like none of this happens in a simulation nothing like that these these are believed to be real people Mm. it's just that's not what people do and there's so much of it and the writing otherwise is so spot on that it's not Mm. bad writing this is intentional oh yeah i don't think anything about this show is done accidentally no and especially when you start to look at like some of the, the color contrasts, the use of blue and red contrasting one another throughout the series. And then like the framing of certain shots so that mm-hmm. um, it looks like given the camera angle, looking through certain like storage racks or something makes a, a character look like maybe they're behind bars or whatever. Um, anytime there's a, a word like hello or something, there's a person standing in front of the O. So it looks like hell kind of implying mm-hmm. they're stuck in hell not literally but metaphorically mm-hmm. the directing i gotta give it to ben stiller and this other person um, oh yeah mcardle like again going back and looking back at it some of it's brilliant so it's uh it, it's a lot I don't know which videos you watched on YouTube because I think you and I watched different ones, but there's one where they talk about a line that one of the, um, they're called innies and outies. So innie is right. what you are when you're at work and the outie is your personage outside of work. So one of the outies sees another outie and uh, says, hey, maybe keep your eyes on the icy road because mm-hmm. you know, it comes getting to a stop. And then you 
you realize something later by the end of the series that uh yeah the the line never sounded right you know it's like it, it was a weird thing to right. say because because he Watch wasn't on the road going it was, it was still in the parking lot keep your eyes yeah. on the road whatever and like you said yeah. he's still in the parking lot so maybe keep your eyes on the icy road like who says it that way the icy road right right it's and and then and i never caught it again until the youtube videos and it's like oh my gosh it was right there in your face all the time yeah yeah there's I so saw, much one of the ones i saw at least talked about that man but in the same video but yeah we talked about that that line uh and, and you know if the funny thing is i don't need to have all these things cleaned up for me at the end of this seat at the end of this series right i hope some of it's not because it's it's intriguing I need to know where they're going to know what was kind of filled in, but I don't need every single little thing explained to me. I mean, you and I decided to cover this for the podcast and we didn't even know what all the questions were yet. That's how much we like this. Right. Right. You know, there, there's so many things about this and, and I love shows that don't spoon feed it to you. And this one definitely doesn't. But again, I don't need to have every single little thing explained. And like, you know, there are, there are quirks to this technology that I, you know, if you think about it in terms of how it would really work, it, it, it breaks down when you really think about it. But I don't care about that. I don't need to know, you know, I don't need to know how the, you know, hovercraft flies. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter to me. It's a hovercraft. Right. You know, type thing. And that's so the thing. Need... If they took the time to explain it all, it would just be boring anyway. Right. It's true. True. Right. But there's so many things in this that I am looking forward to season two so much. In fact, somebody I, one podcast I listened to, they were talking about this in, in passing, not about shows, but it was a podcast with something else. And he mentions it's a good show. You should watch it. He's like, well, you know what? I tell you what, don't watch it now wait till season two is coming out and then binge season one, because you can be upset when you watch season one and go, Oh my God, I got questions and I can give me answers for another six months or whatever it's going to be. So right. <laughs> I encourage you to watch it, but keep in mind, you're not going to have everything answer given to you at the end of this first season. Well, here's what I would encourage you to do. Watch it and then hit some YouTube videos and then go back and watch it again. Because there's, like I said, there's mm -hmm. so much. Um, oh, one other thing I didn't know, Apple apparently released an ebook set in the universe. Really? Yes. It's called Severance, <laughs> The Lexington Letter. And so oh, there was an employee. It's a, a bit of a prequel. There's an employee, I guess, whose name was Lexington. And they were able to sneak notes out to their Audi who then takes it to a journalist. It's only about 42 pages long and it's free. So 42 pages. I mean, you could read that in no time mm. and it's about their account of different things that happen. And again, this is an official ebook and apparently there are specific things in this book that line up with some things we saw on the show that inform some probabilities of what might be going on. So interesting. It, yeah. I have not read it yet, but and, and that's one of the things that, that you get early on when we're still trying to figure out what is the hell is going on is that, you know, Indies and Audis cannot communicate with each other. Right. So, so you're, you're, you're Audi, you know, the person that lives out in the world at home with their families and everything else has no idea what their Indie is going through. Mm -hmm. Um, they don't know if they're being tortured. They don't know if they're, you know, like there was one, uh, was, um, Mark had bumped his head and in his locker when he was going back up to his car, had a note 
you know, here's a gift card to a restaurant because, you know, sorry about the thing that we bumped your head or whatever. Right. He has no idea how it happened, but it's like, oh yeah, I bumped my head. I got, you know, bumping my bandit in my forehead or whatever it is. And I have no idea what happened. You know, did somebody beat me? Did I get in a fight? Right. Did I hit my head on the door jam or you know, whatever? So hey, but he a got a gift card stuff. for a restaurant. So it's all he good. Did, so it's all good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's so many of those things that go on and then they, they can't get notes out because they have scanners that will detect um typography or, or or handwritten notes that mm-hmm. you've passed along um you know whether you write it on your skin or it's you know you put a little note in your in your shoe or god forbid you swallow a note and you know the, the discussion <laughs> he had with heli about that was you know and you might want to make sure you're upfront with them and tell them you know how long ago you adjust that because it depends on which one they which end they're going to go into to get it out Right. Like, oh, oh God. <laughs> right. You know, so there's, you know, and there's no cell phones. This, there's no internet. Right, like again, right. they're using, so it's said in modern times, uh, the date on the guy's driver's license was 2020, but okay, yeah. they're using 1980s computers. There's no internet. There's no cell phones. They're in a basement. Right. There is no technological way to get things to the outside world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you go into your, your locker to, to change for work, you leave your your watch, your phone, your wallet, your ID cards, anything in your pockets. Mm-hmm. Your locker being nothing. upstairs before you go down. Right, or when you go in, yeah, right. when you first get to work. Mm-hmm. So nothing you have on your person is from home when you're right. at work, and vice versa. Yeah, it's just weird. <laughs> it's it's insane. This show is so good. I love shows that they. It's not just chaos. You know that there is something going on. You just don't know what it is mm-hmm. yet. And this show keeps feeding you little bit after little bit after little bit, just enough to keep you interested and to keep you curious. It, it never lost me. Like the first episode, no. again, was a little, okay, I could use a little bit more, but it never lost me along the way. And I think that's mm-hmm. important because you still, like you said, you get to episode seven and you're still like, I don't really still fully understand what's going on but there are clues scattered all throughout for things that we didn't pick up on yeah i mean after watching the ones i watched i'm gonna watch a few more after this i'm gonna go back and watch this season again because now i'm gonna be like looking for the stuff they're talking about saying oh my god that's oh my god that's there yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i'm actually catching up on some stuff i've been meaning to watch for a long time and i may even put those on hold to go back and rewatch this like i'm I'm itching (laughs) to go through and catch some of the stuff now. And it was just like, it was a good show before you and I opened up YouTube today. Like we oh, were definitely. already hooked. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't 100%. even need all of this extra stuff. Like with lost, you almost it, you really relied on all of those little Easter eggs and details in this show. You don't even know that there were Easter eggs there. Like there are goats scattered throughout the entire series, statues in the background, little busts on someone's nightstand. And, and whatever, but you you don't notice them unless somebody points right. them out, and then you notice all of them. Right? Yeah. Then you're looking for them. Yeah. So, oh, again, the Lexington letter is the name of the ebook. If anybody's interested in picking it up, I would highly recommend this series. I know not everybody out there has Apple TV Plus, but you should be able to get some sort of a like a free trial or something. It's not one of the more expensive streaming services. In fact, it may be the cheapest or one of the cheapest because they don't have a large quantity of shows. However, they do have some really good shows. For All Mankind just yeah. came out with season three. 
which people think is phenomenal. Mythic yeah, I've only Quest. seen season one, but I always in Mythic Quest. It was great. I gotta watch that I too. I love yeah. Mythic Quest. You know what? Maybe why don't we do that next? Okay, I'm up for what did that, we yeah. say we were gonna? Oh, um, Peacemaker. We'll do Peacemaker. both of those. Yeah, not not at once. Right, right. Pick pick one to go first. Um, Mythic Quest. Okay, so we're gonna do Mythic Quest next, also on Apple TV Plus, and that's good because if you do want to ch- do a free trial. You can get both of these out of the way at once. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Anything else, Lou, before we wrap this up? No, I, um, you know, I, I, again, I'll concur with you and say, I highly recommend this for somebody who wants to watch something that's a little bit off the wall and Mm -hmm. keep you interested. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird enough to be different, but not so weird as to alienate you. It's, it's good. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of media chatter. We are going to be back next week covering mythic quest uh of which there are two seasons okay uh so we at a minimum we'll get through the first season and uh, maybe we'll save the second season for later on we'll, we'll see how quickly lou gets through it yeah uh but otherwise uh that's it for this episode go over to randomchatter.com slash discord and hop into discord let us know what you thought of severance um if you've already seen it if you haven't seen it yet Highly recommend you do, and then uh, let us know in Discord what you thought. We would love yeah, to I hear mean, from it's you. It's only nine episodes. You can get through it pretty quickly. Very easily. You might want to split it up, actually. Like, binging it would be fun, but it's also kind of deep. Like, you almost need to give your brain a break to digest some of it. Yeah. After I think my wife and I did it in probably maybe three nights. I think three or four nights. I think that's a good ratio. Yeah. Three at a time. Because they're pretty heavy episodes to watch. They're not heavy like they're 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 going to make you depressed, but no, they're no. very factual. There's a lot of stuff you got to pick up on. You can't multitask when you're watching. It. You got to be watching the show only. Yeah, yeah. I think the performances are nuanced enough that like to mm. really kind of get what's going on, you need to focus on it, which is not hard to do. So it works out well. Right. All right. Well, that's going to do it. We will see you again in a week for Mythic Quest. And until then, take care.